Welcome to Whole Healthy Living with your host, Sharon Brennan. Our show will provide the expert information you need to clean up your body and environment to live a vibrant life. You'll learn about harmful toxins, detoxification, proper nutrition, and much more. Learn how you can live clean in our toxic world. Now, here is Sharon Brennan. Welcome back to Whole Healthy Living, Clean Living in a Toxic World. I'm your host, Sharon Brennan, licensed and board certified holistic health coach and nutritionist. Today, I have Shalise McCoskey. Um, she's going to discuss the history of essential oils, the proper use, myths, blends, and more. Shalise uh, is the founder and CEO of First Green Cleaning Products the founder of Wisdom by Nature, an educational company, and the owner of Essential 7, wholesaling ethically produced and pure essential oils. She also serves as the vice president of aromatherapy for the Natural Therapy Certification Board. Uh, She's the leading expert and pioneer on the formulation and proper use of essential oils. She's board certified in essential oils as well as a health coach and has conducted extensive research on the role of natural therapies coupled with whole food nutrition and has coached clients throughout the world faced with complex medical challenges. Shalise specializes in the formulation of blends that address health issues from MRSA, antibiotic-resistant infections, to Steven Johnson syndrome. She also specializes in women's health and digestive challenges. Shalif Shalise works with doctors, hospitals, and travels the country, giving lectures and educating individuals and organizations. Welcome, Shalise. Thanks so much for joining me this morning. Well, thank you for having me. I'm excited to be on the show with you. Yeah, essential oils are really becoming very popular. You see them now in most of the health food stores, a couple of different um, you know, retail lines, and you hear of people using them more and more. Um, I'm excited to have you on the show today and thought we might get started with looking at the history of oils. Essential Essential oils have been used for centuries and provide both physical and mental healing. So share with us some of the history of the of essential oils and how they're used um, leading up to their how they were used in the past and leading up to today. It's very interesting. People think that it's just a new up-and-coming with aromatherapy, but actually it dates back before Christ, about uh, 4500 B.C. Uh And and if everybody just kind of think about it, you know, before we had modern medicine, we had to use what was in the wild. So that would be, you know, the barks, the resins, spices, and they would mix it in their vinegars, wines, and beers, and to help, you know, with digestion or certain health issues. And the Egyptians were pretty much the masters in using essential oils. They would use it for embalming, for perfume, and medicine. And it's, it's interesting because when they opened King Tut's tomb, they actually found, like, frankincense and myrrh and alabaster jars and the oil itself was still viable. So that, that shows you, one, the power of the essential oil itself. And even during those times of it being processed so crudely, it was still preserved very well. So that, that in itself is amazing. <laughs> so, so essential oils that don't even have a shelf life in our current time. No, they they don't and they do. So if they're unadulterated, they can last forever out of sunlight in amber jars, you know, and you take proper care of them. Now, if they have been used with a carrier oil that is not high quality, if they have other toxins because they actually use chemicals, <clears throat> excuse me, in some distillation process to extract the oils and that can ruin the properties of the oil itself and the reason why they do that is because it's cheaper Uh, a lot of a lot of us don't know that they use orange oil 
to break down tires to create asphalt and such. So they make it in huge quantities so they don't care about the integrity. And oh, unfortunately, right. yes, yes. Which, in industrial cleaning products, you see the delamaline from the orange. I've seen yeah. that before in cleaning products. Yes. I mean, it, it will break down petroleum products. You can, you know, everyone in the aromatherapy world has used the demonstration of taking a styrofoam cup and putting a couple of drops of lemon oil in it. And within minutes, that lemon oil will dissolve the, the styrofoam cup. And this is the reason why you do not want to use essential oils that are in plastic containers uh, because they can actually leach into that container and it'll change the, the chemical makeup of the oil and you will not get the therapeutic benefits from it. Okay, so aromatherapy falls under a relatively new science called psychoneuroimmunology, which is the study of interaction among the psychological, neurological, and the immune system. Science has proven that pleasant aromas actually boost the immune system and elevate the mood and spirit. Um, Oils can also be used for healing. And as an expert, Shalise, what can you tell us about your professional work working with doctors, hospitals, and various healing organizations? Well, what has been interesting is that the medical field is starting to realize how important aromatherapy is in their practice. And it works alongside with what they're doing, and it gives them an extra tool. So say like with oncology, there's always the challenges of nausea. And so they have learned that spearmint and peppermint Even just inhaling it can help soothe them and give them comfort, but also as, you know, in hospice when there's that transition and there's the anxiety with the the patient and with the family. And when you're able to come in and bring certain oils in, it it truly calms the mind and, and the soul, so to speak, and give the family comfort give the the patient some relief and and lessens the anxiety and it's just it's just amazing and the beauty of how the oils can work just inhaling or diffusing because we you know we have memories and essential oils can trigger memories good or bad but for the most part you know if you inhale cinnamon people will will go back and say Oh, that reminds me of when I was at grandma's house and she would bake these yummy cookies or, you know, you would smell rose. Whereas with me, when I was a little girl, my, my grandmother's perfume was, was always that rose smell. So when I would smell rose, I would think back, oh, that's what, you know, that's what grandma wore. So it, it's very healing to, to trigger because as you know, our cells have memory, so everything that has happened to us is implanted on a cellular level. So essential oils can, can help bring up trauma, but it can also help us release in a, in a very gentle way. So when people say they don't like a smell, a lot of times that has an emotional component to it. And that's really good information when you're working with someone that's had a lot of physical or emotional trauma. So uh, the, the doctors that I'm, I'm working with are learning the, the especially uh, triage in the emergency room. They have their little packet of different oils that I've given for suggestions, and they will, you know, just open up the bottle and let it wave through the emergency room, or they may apply a little bit to the bottoms of their feet and you know within minutes sometimes even seconds they can they can center their patient back to calm down so they're able to move forward and do what they need to do that's great it's amazing how they actually work at all these different you know one oil 
or even plant, I guess you should say, um, can work at so many different levels with a person. Interesting. So you mentioned to me that you work with gastroparesis patients specifically. Um, share with us your experiences with how essential oils have helped them, suf- uh, you know, the people that are suffering heal. What do you it, do with the, the net? Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, that's fine. <laughs> I'm so passionate about gastroparesis or GP. I, I just, um, and I, 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 saw, I just get lost for words because it's been my, my focus for the past two years. And I have touched on it four years ago. And it's just been a trial and error, and it's it's frustrating for these people because they are misdiagnosed. It's and the consensus in the medical field is that they are a um, it's it's very rare, and that's what they say. But honestly, it's not. You know, it comes about from head trauma, automobile accidents. Um, Overuse of antibiotics, diabetes, certain medications, because it can affect the vagus nerve. And there truly is a brain-gut connection, which that is, as you know, the vagus nerve. And when that is damaged or the flora in the digestion, in the intestines, I mean, is disrupted, it creates this challenge where the body cannot digest its food and it just sits there. And so tell, tell us exactly what gastroparesis is. Um, I have an idea, but maybe there are people listening that don't know specifically what it is. What happens is that the stomach becomes partially paralyzed. And gastroparesis, paralysis of, of the stomach. And it's... Like I shared, it can come about by many, many ways. It can also be brought on from other challenges, other diseases, uh, autoimmune disorders. And it can be nausea to start out with. It could be irritable bowel. And a lot of times they will eat small amounts and they'll feel full for hours and hours. So what happens is, especially if they're women, they get diagnosed as having eating disorders. And working more and more with this challenge, it makes me wonder how many people that are labeled as anorexic or bulimic truly have gastroparesis. So this is you know, something that I'm, I'm always pondering as I work with people. And some of the some of the clients that I've had have been diagnosed with eating disorders, and when we go along, we find out no, that's not it. And supporting the body with essential oils and the proper foods, the nutrient dense foods, as you know, helps restore that balance. And so I can see how the oils coupled with nutrition would be very powerful. But the oils by themselves, would they be equally as powerful in terms of, you know, expediting healing? We do have some phenomenal results. And usually that's the first thing I have my clients start out with. And the reason why they're so powerful, because as you can imagine, if you're nauseated or vomiting and are challenged getting things in, the last thing you want to do is take more medications, more more supplements. And right now, the only answer for the medical field is addressing the symptoms. So it's anti-nausea pills, you know, anti-acids, um, you know, anti-anxiety. I mean, all these, these medications right. that actually create more of the same symptoms that they have. So with essential oils, Inhaling or just applying to the bottom of their feet gives them relief, and it's it's amazing. Um, four years ago, I worked with a wonderful, wonderful girl. She was 14 years old, had had major digestion issues off and on her whole life, and the medical field couldn't couldn't diagnose truly 
her challenge, but in retrospect, it was it was gastroparesis. But it, her family heard of me and flew me down to see her, and she had gone almost four weeks without eating, and just wow. very it it was heartbreaking, heartbreaking. And I went in and just, you know, every 15 or 20 minutes, educating the family, uh, applying oils to the bottom of her feet. You know, within just a, a few short days, we, will, we were able to get her up in little bites, you know, little bites. But the, the oils support digestion in a way that helps support stomach acid, it helps the enzymes in the body, it supports all of the body functions necessary for digestion. And it, you know, it sounds like a, a miracle and it's, it's not, it's just knowing which oils to put together and to sp- support that challenge and that makes a world of difference. Hmm, and so, that's amazing how quickly that it works in just a couple of days. So unlike supplements, you know, the majority of our population just from being slammed with toxins in every different directions suffers from some sort of gut integrity issue. Um, you know, even if it's the most benign thing like a food sensitivity. But that said, your skin, it makes sense that your skin is your largest organ and you absorb you know, the oils through the skin that they're going to absorb and um, get into the blood and cells much faster. So, yes, <clears throat> excuse me. And, and um, it's the safest way for delivery, especially with, with gastroparesis, because a lot of them are hypersensitive. A lot of them are hypersensitive to smells, but they, they find out when they they put it on the bottom of their feet and they'll, you know, put socks on or cover their feet up. It's not as bad. And the sensitivity to the, to the smell goes away as well. And that kind of segues us into explaining about essential oil use, because there is a lot of information out there saying that you need to ingest essential oils and that if the quality is not up to, you know, if you can't ingest them, so to speak, then then they're not good quality, which that's absolutely not true. Uh, my biggest success stories are with these GP people and not one drop touches their mouth. And I think that that needs to be addressed because Ingesting essential oils without the proper guidance and education can disrupt the gut flora. I mean, even 20 years experience that I have had in using essential oils, I, I cannot ingest them. You know, they, they create heartburn and, and different challenges, but I've also had digestion issues my whole life, and that is what got me into essential oils, you know, was my health, my family's health. So it's, you need to be very mindful, the bottom of the feet, the safest place to put them. If you want to. Okay, Shalise, we're going to, we're going to take a short break here. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but we'll pick up right where you left off in a minute. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. The Weston A. Price Foundation provides accurate information on nutrition and health. Find out why butter is a health food, what's wrong with modern soy products, and why good health is found in the wise food traditions of our ancestors. Visit our informative and fascinating website at www.westonaprice.com. Ouch! What do you think of when you think of dental procedures? Well, when you think about it, the teeth and the rest of the body are strongly connected. What happens in one part affects the other. 
in the Tooth Body Connection with host Dr. Don Ewing. We'll explain more about these concepts as well as discuss the role that your teeth play in your overall health. You'll learn about amalgams and how removing them the wrong way can be toxic to your body. Tune in Fridays at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Health and Wellness. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. You are tuned in to Whole Healthy Living with Sharon Brennan. To reach the show today, please call 1-866-472-5792. Again, that's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to wholehealthylivingradio at gmail.com. Now back to the show. Welcome back. We're back. Jalise, um, you were talking about the application of oils right before the break here, this last break, and I wanted to, you know, essential oils don't come with directions on how to use them. You were talking about applying them, and I wanted to talk about the use of oils and how to use them safely. So let's hear a little bit about that. Yes, as I was sharing, the bottom of the feet, is the safest way. Uh, If you use any essential oil anywhere on the body, say like lavender, uh, lavender is a very popular oil, you always want to dilute it first. That's very important. Whether you're an adult or a baby or you're using them with your fur babies, it's always safe because essential oils are nature's medicine. So my rule of thumb is for lavender is like five drops of lavender to 10 drops of a carrier oil, which could be fractionated coconut oil, um, olive oil, a hoba, anything that you like to use with. Uh, And people will say, you know, when you dilute essential oil, that's then it's less effective. No, that's absolutely not true. You're just slowing down the delivery system of it. So it's it's not in the body very quickly because a lot of people, like the gastroparesis people, it needs to be delivered slow. This lessens the chances of having a reaction or a detox effect because working with people that are very physically challenged body-wise, it's, it's too much and it can, it can bring on major issues. So, you know, you always dilute. And then there's always this thing, there's hot oils that I talk about, you know, thyme, oregano, basil, cinnamon. Those you want to be extremely careful with. And I only suggest those on the bottom of the feet that you truly don't want to diffuse those into the air. And if you are using them for something, I would say, you know, five drops to about 30 drops of a carrier oil is important. Now, working with blends, you can, if the person that's created those blends has done it correctly, you can apply those to the area of concern without having issues. But again, if you're sensitive, you always want to go to the bottom of the feet first and contact the company or the person that you're working with that's created that blend to get specific instructions for you. Okay. Are essential oils regulated in any way in the U.S.? In the U.S., they are not, and I am actually on the ARIES Foundation Board, which what that stands for is the Association for International Research of uh, Aromatic Science and Education, and what our ultimate goal is to do is to create the standardization for essential oils in the U.S. because there's no regulatory um, things put into place for that. And that's that's where we have these oils on the market that are bioidentical, that are synthetic, and it's, you know, can create a lot of havoc and mislead people. And this is where aromatherapy gets its bad name. Mm 
is that aromatherapy is dangerous. Used correctly, it is one of the best ways to improve quality of life. Having the wrong oils and used incorrectly can be very dangerous. So there's a lot of education and a lot of work that needs to be done in the U.S. to to do what what we want to do in the way of essential oils. Okay, so as long as we're on the topic of regulation, what tell us about your um, your experience or acting as vice president of the Natural Therapies Association. I am in charge of the aromatherapy piece. So the the board has been around for quite a few years. And what we do is we certify people as my part is certifying people as aromatherapy coaches. But uh, schools will come to us with programs that they want to have certified different different things like a, a care practitioner or such. And we look over the curriculum. We make sure that the guidelines are in place, uh, the education piece for essential oils, that they are practicing within that scope of the certification that they're asking for, and that they have their mission statements, their code of ethics. So we regulate as what is part of aromatherapy to make sure that everyone has that education piece, but also practicing without treating, diagnosing, or prescribing. Okay, that's great that that's in place. Um, are there any contradictions or contraindicators uh, with the oils with regard to people who use pharmaceutical drugs or supplements? There is. I mean, and there there is a lot. So in my class, my aromatherapy intensive class, I have my students, when they give a suggestion for an oil, even if it's for, for an itch, you know, with lavender, I make them research online to make sure there's no contraindications if oils shouldn't be used with children under a certain age. Um, I mean, I am very, very thorough with that. The My rule of thumb when I'm working with clients that have to go in for surgery and stuff, I always say three days before you stop your essential oils because some can thin the blood, um, like grapefruit. If someone's using grapefruit oil, they need to be mindful with, with blood pressure medications and stuff like that because... What essential oils do is they go in and they will address things that shouldn't be in the body so they can actually slow down the delivery system of a medication or actually enhance it. So this is why you know you just shouldn't use essential oils without properly being educated, especially if you have a lot of health challenges. It's, it's very wise to work with with someone that is licensed in that field. And so what are the names of the types of practitioners that use essential oils? I know it's referred to as raindrop therapy, aromatherapy. What other titles of a practitioner would people look for? There are starting to be MDs that are aromatherapists. A clinical aromatherapist is one. Certified aromatherapy coach is another. I know that acupuncturists also use essential oils. Um, And there are, um, you know, holistic health practitioners. You just want to make sure that they have their certification in aromatherapy and just see if that certification is board certified. I feel like that's very important because, I mean, you could go to a class and someone could put the class together and say, okay, you're certified in aromatherapy, but that's just a certificate. And, and there, there are um, uh, nursing boards that also have their guidelines for aromatherapy. And that is a good good one as well. So if you do your search before you you know you want to venture out 
and be a, an aromatherapist. There are some very good programs out there besides mine. <laughs> well, I can see how certifi- proper certification and licensure would be important because, after all, essential oils are herbs and, you know, they, do, they are absorbed into the body, so they will interact with, with everything. Um, are oils just as effective used alone or better when they're blended with other oils? It depends on the challenge. Um, I have had excellent results with people just using one oil um, and and using it over and over and over. It's kind of like what what talks to them, speaks to them. And then other times, depending on their challenge, a blend is very beneficial It because it takes the guesswork out for for my client of figuring out which single to use but also for the general public as just wanting to educate themselves with essential oils they can see a blend you know that says courage or you know or enlightened so that it gives them an idea oh this this will make me feel stronger or if i'm meditating this i this will you know, help me with my meditation. So it's both of them have wonderful places in the world. It just depends on your level of education and the the client that you're working with. And um, but I just I just love them because they're so versatile, and you know you can use them with your pets all the way up. My oldest client was 102. You know, it's just amazing how well they work and how gently they work when they're used properly. Well, again, gut integrity is such an issue across the board with everyone these days, again, because of toxicity that, um, you know, it only makes sense that if you don't have to depend on the gut to break something down and it's easily absorbed through the skin, that it's going to be a great and gentle, uh, you know, less invasive uh, healing process, but that said, so it sounds like the blends are more broad spectrum. And what I'm wondering is if you have a blend, and let's say the patient hasn't really or, or hasn't really expressed um, what they're trying to target, um, would the other ingredients that they don't need would they be harmful in any way if they don't need those other herbs or the way I work, no matter the challenge, we always start with digestion because you just explained it all right there. And the way essential oils work, it's very synergistic. So when I create a blend, even if they're not even sure what the challenge may be, our focus point is supporting digestion and the body systems connected with that. Right. Well, everything's upline. Everything is upline of the gut. So it only makes sense. You start from the bottom and work your way up. Right. So if you do like working with the client, if you really do your due diligence, your research and, you know, knowing that background, there isn't going to be something that's going to be harmful to them. Again, the essential oils are very gentle. And if you think about it, I mean, the oils that I work with for digestion, there are, I call kitchen oils. So you're, there's rosemary, coriander, dill, basil, you know, all of the stuff that we cook with. And it's, it's just going to do nothing but support the body in the, in the most gentlest way possible by, you know, by me doing my, my due diligence and making sure that I have my client's best interest at heart. And a lot of times it's slow and steady wins the race. I'm not one that makes a powerful blend and really pushes my client because it's all about healing. Okay, Shalise, gastroparesis. Um, you probably know quite a bit about the cannabinoid and hemp oil that are in the media and are said to kill cancer. Um, 
talk to me about that. How long does does one have to use the essential oils like this to see improvement with such a condition? Well, first of all, as you know, I can't say that it'll it'll address any disease like that, but it's it's hard for me to listen to all this this hemp and cannabinoid talk as if it's something new to the market. And I get I get questions every week about it. And essential oils work just as well as that without that high dollar sign sticker. And I tell everybody, you know, cannabis is the soup of the day. It's getting the most attention. Everyone is focused on it like it's the, you know, it's a new kid on the block. But essential oils have the same, you know, the same constituents in it that, that cannabis does. Okay. And it, okay. I, we're going to take a short break and we'll be right back. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. The Weston A. Price Foundation provides accurate information on nutrition and health. Find out why butter is a health food, what's wrong with modern soy products, and why good health is found in the wise food traditions of our ancestors. Visit our informative and fascinating website at www.westonaprice.com. We are bombarded daily with information about beauty products and anti-aging treatments. Do you know how they have been tested? Are they truly going to make a change or just take the change out of your pocket? Tune in to Shelley's Show and Tell with host Shelley Hancock. We'll bring you the top-rated skincare products and treatments tested by Real Transformation Skin Care Centers. We'll motivate you to make the best changes. Listen Mondays at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Health & Wellness. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. are tuned in to Whole Healthy Living with Sharon Brennan. To reach the show today, please call 1-866-472-5792. Again, that's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to wholehealthylivingradio at gmail.com. Now back to the show. We're back, and Shalice, I sincerely apologize for having to interrupt you. Um, twice today, but uh, I, I've got to work on my transition, I guess, from uh, discussion to commercials, and I apologize for that. But you were talking about cannabinoid and hemp oil. Um, go ahead and pick up where you left off, Shalise. Yes. So, you know, it's it has some amazing properties. It, it truly, truly does. And the cannabinoids, you know... Um, addresses like the the um, blood-brain barrier. I mean, it has all these wonderful things, but it's disheartening the pricing that they're charging for it and all the, like, the glitz and glamour that it's getting when it is honestly no different than essential oils. I have seen some amazing things with people challenged, whether it's, you know, the challenge of, of cancer or autoimmune disorder that just blows, blows you away. I, you know, andaroba oil, which is from South America that no one ever hears about. I've, I've incorporated that into our essential oils the past three years. And people will send me stories that are just phenomenal when it's addressing challenges related to pain or, you know, because they're looking for comfort, whether, again, if it's cancer, inflammation, arthritis, and they will, they will shoot me emails or call me on the phone and, and say, I don't know what, what you, what you have going on there, but, 
but like you you helped my dad in his final days where we were using this blend which is the deep comfort he was on morphine uh like every two hours and she was able to lessen it to i believe it was once a day and he had bone cancer and she would just soothe it you know rub it on him and it would just comfort him and and give him that relief and so if that, somebody if somebody has a condition let's just say cancer and you use the oils early enough has it ever have you ever seen um, such support where the condition has gone like, into a remission that is so challenging for me to say because then it would be treating diagnosing and prescri- you know oh, right. prescribing but i i can share you know again because these people do their own research and so they ask me you know we're looking for things to comfort you know the comfort my my family but i can you know i can share with you there were there were two dogs a couple of years ago a vet came to me she had rescued the dog and she said i don't want to put him put him down but i have done everything humanly possible you know what what do you to have i just want him comfortable and just buy me some time so i can figure out this cancer that he had so we just I just gave her some frankincense at that time, and so she she contacted our friend the next day and said said he got up and he started eating, you know. So it's it's a compliment to whatever everybody else is doing. And as far as I know, the doggy is still here with us. You know, he's he's doing well. The vet has hasn't said that that he has passed on and then there was a another dog she was older and she didn't have cancer but she just really had a lot of arthritis and and we created a, a I call a doggy version of the deep comfort and she was just applying that to the bottom of her her doggy's feet and his ears or her ears and she did another year very well so I mean I can I can share testimonials all day long but I can't I can't say for specifics all I say right. is it's it, safe to say they're very supportive Exactly and may improve quality of life but I've I mean just like again with the gastroparesis people I last night I have a group it's called um, Healing Gastroparesis Naturally on Facebook and this mama was so thrilled because she posted a picture of her daughter, and I'm going to get choked up, <laughs> two thumbs up. Her little girl was, had been so sick, and she said, what has helped you the most? And, and the little girl said, essential oils. You know, she, uh-huh. her stomach stopped hurting. She was holding her puppy. And I said, at the end of the day, that's what it's all about. It's about helping people and, and essential oils make that so easy for me. Mm. Well, they are very therapeutic, which leads me into pathogens. Let's talk about things like Lyme disease and pathogens and essential oils. How do they interact with pathogens? They create a hostile environment for bacteria and viruses and what they do is they essential oils will go in and they will crack that outer shell say of the of the lime itself and then they go in and they will damage the dna so they're unable to replicate and you know it it's very challenging when it does come to essential oils you know like er, when you introduced me about first green we had it tested for the norovirus, which is, you know, similar, like, to, to Lyme. And it's a pass or fail. And it didn't pass because they said that there's still DNA material left in, in the shell, which is true. But upon further research that I kept digging for, 
essential oils damage that DNA material so it can't replicate. So indeed, it, it does its job. It just works different than, than say, like, you know, an antibiotic or, you know, a, a, cleanse, a cleaner. So, so would certain oils interact, would certain specific oils interact differently with each path, pathogen or would one, blank, one oil have a blanket effect on all pathogens? Certain ones would probably be more effective and those are more like what I call the hot oils. But, you know, each oil has their own distinct job. You know, they, and that's where the, the monoterpenes, the sesquiterpenes um, come into play because essential oils work on a cellular level. So they will go in, they will clean the receptor sites of the DNA, and they will rewrite and program the cell. And that's why people you know, see these benefits from essential oils because it's truly at the cellular level. So when you create a blend, you keep all that in mind because you want to keep, you want to have the right balance of each of these constituents to make sure that it does what you want it to do. Well, I have to honestly say this morning I didn't start out so well. I had a little accident last night. I was helping the um, a young man at the school after my daughter's palm, uh, her her um, palm practice. They were moving some drums, and I volunteered to help this young man carry the drums. I hit my elbow going through the double doors, and I was awake all night. As you can tell, my cognitive function today isn't very good. Um, but right before the show, I put your um, inflammation formula on the bottom of my feet, and I actually, my you know, the range of motion and my motility with my arm and elbow are much better right now. I probably should have tried a formula for cognitive function. Do you have one of those? <laughs> do you have one of those, Shalise? Yes, yes. Oh, we you do. do. <laughs> oh my goodness, I needed that one this morning because coffee was not doing it. Um, but anyhow, I didn't mean to uh, change the subject, but they do work quite well. And um, you know, I. Uh, I know there are different families, um, different families of oils. There's citrus and floral. And can you tell us a little bit about the different families and what they're typically used for? Your, the florals are, they work very well as far as like the aromatherapy piece. They're, they're very relaxing. They're very calming. They work wonderful in a a teacher setting like with the students and stuff I have I have friends that are school teachers and you know they'll they'll diffuse orange or they'll just you know a range of of citrus and what's interesting Japan over the years has done studies with with like mandarin and and different types of the citrus oils and it actually improved um Cognitive function in the workplace, they found that it lifts depression with, you know, within their, the work environment, that people were more friendly, more outgoing, and it just, as I say, it just puts a smile on your face. If you think about, you know, smelling the citrus oils or the, the florals, whether it's rose or jasmine or, or geranium, you... You do it when you smell it. It triggers that that memory again. So you're creating a new memory um, on that cell, a more pleasant memory when you inhale essential oils. And I will, you know, I work with them every day, and I'll be out and about, and everyone will say, "Oh, you smell so good. You smell so wonderful." <laughs> and what is that? And I have no clue. And plus, I can't smell it. You know, because you work with them for so long, you can't smell it. And the grocery store is my favorite place because they'll, they'll 
you know, pick you right up, up on it. Yes, yes, they do. <laughs> well, it's really out. funny too because um, I wear essential oils as my you know perfume, and uh, certain people will say, "Oh, that smells so good," and then somebody else might be offended by it. Yes, and that's the emotional component. Right. Yes, and if you look up the essential oil and what it relates to, and just off the top of my head, I could be wrong, but like cinnamon has to do with fear. And I know people that hate the smell of cinnamon. And so it, it triggers that fear emotion with them. So, I mean, it's, it's just amazing, amazing what you can learn working with these oils. Hmm. So um, if you had to recommend uh, starter oils to listeners, what would you recommend people start out with? What are some general oils that would be very beneficial in supporting good health? Well, of course, you know, everybody's go-to is is lavender, which, I mean, honestly, that is such a an awesome oil, easy, easy to use. And, I mean, it works from everything, say, from, from burns to, you know, bug bites to calming, you know, calming babies. Um, and even, you know, even some, it, it helps with, with upset tummies. Okay, we've got 30 seconds. Tell us which oils, if you had to, li- if you had to give... Four oils for that would be nice for people to start with. Which ones would you recommend? Rosemary, lemon, lavender, frankincense. Okay, great. And so as everyone listening knows, the premise of the show is to bring forth the most current information on toxins and to provide you with tools to eliminate them from your body. Uh, working with a licensed Practitioner is always the best and most effective way to eliminate toxins, as Shalice also mentioned earlier with essential oils. Um, if anybody is interested in scheduling a 10-minute consultation, you're welcome to email me at www.wholehealthyliving, the number for the letter U, at gmail.com. Um, for anybody that has not been following me on my Facebook page, I invite you to follow me at Whole. A healthy living. Um, actually, my page is Sharon S H A R O N dot Brennan B R E N N A N dot three three six three, and I would love to have you join my group. So, thank you so much, Shalice, Shalice for joining me. I'm also going to post a link on my Facebook for people that are interested in purchasing detox uh, formula as a essential oils and other blends and um, we can certainly get you those but thanks again Shalise for joining me I hope to see everyone again next week thanks thank you for listening to whole healthy living please join Sharon Brennan again next Friday morning at 7 a.m. Pacific time 10 a.m. Eastern time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Have a great weekend of clean, whole, healthy living. And we'll see you here next week.